This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. When they went and traveled all the way to Jerusalem to go to the temple on Passover, the Day of Atonement, to sacrifice a lamb every year, they are reminded of the sin and never took away sin, but it was always in their mind. So boy, year after year after year in the Day of Atonement, they would make the journey carrying their lamb, sometimes 15, 20 miles with their lamb, and they go there, they offer their lambs a sacrifice for their family. In Bible times, it was customary to offer a sacrifice one time a year. The atonement was kind of like a blanket that covered all your wrong choices from the past 12 months. Anything on repeat just gets old after a while. Do you agree? Regardless, something big took place. Ready for it? The death of Jesus. His penance for our sin. Jesus is far above any sacrifice. Friends, he can't be matched, as Pastor Eddie tells us in his message today. Well... Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 as he begins his message, Christ's Sacrifice Once for All. Hebrews chapter 10, I want you to hear the word of God. I want you to know that what we study is in the Bible. Let us now go before the Lord in prayer before we begin our study. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Your praise will ever be on our lips, Lord. Lord, now we want to hear from your word, Lord, and I pray that we study your word as it is written, as it was inspired almost 2,000 years ago. We ask the Holy Spirit who inspired the writer of Hebrews to give us this message, message that still applies for us today. And so, Lord, we just want to read it as it was written. We want to add anything to it or take anything away or add nothing else. Just your word, just the pure word of God. I pray that I separate from this, we all separate from this, that we just hear directly from you, Lord. So we ask that you would open up our ears, that we may hear the word, our eyes there as we see the word, that we may see and a mind to understand and a heart receive what your word has for us. And we ask this all in your name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to pick up our reading in verse 1, and we're going to read all the way to verse 18. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 through 18. The writer of Hebrew writes this, For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifice, which they offer continually year after year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats can take away sins. Therefore, he came into the world. He said, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. 
In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins, you have no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sins, you did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, to take away the first that he may establish the second. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered once, once sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he had perfected forever those who are being sanctified. By the Holy Spirit also witnessed to us. For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I would put my law into their hearts and in their minds. I will write them. Then he adds, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Verse 18. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Allow me to just just give you a little introduction before we continue. Right now, the writer of Hebrews, he's ending his letter improving the point that Jesus is better. I want to say this because if you've been with us for the past You've been hearing in our study about the tabernacle, the high priest, the priestly duties, the sacrifice, you know, the blood of goats and bulls, and you've been hearing that over and over again. And, and though it may sound repetitive, understand that the writer of Hebrews, he's writing to who? Hebrews. is a Hebrew writing to Hebrews to stop being Hebrew. That's just what it is. The writer of Hebrews, the first reader of the book of Hebrews, they were Jewish believers. They were going through extreme persecution because they had found Jesus Christ... Jewish man, a Jewish God, a Jewish Messiah, to be the Messiah. But they were going through extreme persecution, so they wanted to go back to the temple, back to the rituals and sacrifice of bulls. And and he's trying to, uh, you know, trying to approach and look at all the angles. We've seen the furnishings of the tabernacle, what they represented, the the menorah is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. The showbread in the temple. Jesus is the bread of life. The golden altar of incense talks about prayer. The Ark of the Covenant. When we looked at everything in the Old Testament, the tabernacle, the priest, everything points to Jesus. It's a shadow. So he's bringing up all these points, and he has done a good job at that. Uh, so whoever the writer of the Hebrew is, Paul, anyway, is, you know, he's a very knowledgeable guy. He knows the word of God. And understand, he's, he's speaking to a Jewish audience who just accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But he's finishing up here, uh, and then in our next study, he's going to now gonna be encouraging them, the Jewish believers, to continue to stand in the faith, uh, to, to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And I think that's important for us because sometimes we get sidetracked. So, okay, here we go again, the priest. Uh, you know, I mean, for you as a Gentile, you know, that may not mean anything, but for the first readers of Hebrews, that's a lot. That's all they knew. And so he's done a great job as far as using scripture quoting prophecies of the Old Testament to prove his point. And I think he's done a great job with that. In our last study, we also looked at the blood. And we see the blood, 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 blood. That's all we hear. And people will say, oh, Christianity is a bloody religion. 
The Bible's filled with blood, says the person who has 10 ounces of blood in his body. <laughs> you know, or the average adult, one and a half gallons of blood. Right now, you have almost 10 units of blood sitting down, every single one of us. <laughs> yes, there's a, a lot of negative views of it, but the reality is life. There is life. Without it, you won't be here. Without blood, you will not be alive physically. More importantly, without the blood of Jesus Christ, you will not be alive, alive spiritually, nor have eternal life. And as we go through our study, you'll see that. And so that is what the writer of Hebrews is doing. Now here in our text, verses 1 through 18, this one word is going to pop out a lot. And it's the word sacrifice. Sacrifice. And why? Because Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. The word sacrifice is mentioned 334 times in the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. 334 times. Of those 334 times, when we get to the New Testament, it's only mentioned 39 times. Interesting. I believe the logical explanation is because it's only point to one sacrifice, Jesus Christ. You see? And that's important. And of the 39 times is the word sacrifice mentioned in the New Testament, it is mentioned 18 times in the book of Hebrews. More than any other book in the New Testament, with the book of Acts and 1 Corinthians mentioning the word sacrifice only four times. Interesting, in verses 1 through 18, in all these 19 verses, it is mentioned seven times. And so sacrifice, it's really important. It's foreign to us. Because no one say, I'm going to go to Calvary Chapel, we're going to sacrifice a lamb. Can you imagine? Yes, people say, oh, I knew there was a cult up that hill. (laughs) No, we're not going to sacrifice. It's foreign to us, but sacrifice are important. Just like blood is important. Someone has to pay for sin. You see, you commit a crime, you do the time. And all of us have sin. All have sin, all fall short of the glory of God. And a sacrifice is needed so one can stand right before God. The Old Testament, all the sacrifices point to the ultimate sacrifice. It's all a shadow of things. Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice. The word sacrifice is the Greek word thusia, which is offering. Very simple. Very simple. It's an offering. And that's what we're going to look at. Our study is divided into three sections. In verses 1 through 4, in verses 1 through 4, we're going to see that the animal sacrifice are insufficient. He's going to continue to prove the point that the blood, the sacrifice of bulls and goats that were, uh, the Lord commanded them to do, because his only was temporary, it was insufficient. In verses 5 through 10, Christ's sacrifice fulfills the will of God. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross was the will of God. And then in verses 11 through 18, Christ's death perfects the sanctified. His death perfects you and I who have been sanctified. So we read our text. Let us study it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. Let's look at it verse by verse. The writer of Hebrews says, For the law having a shadow of the good things to come. The law, it was a shadow. All 613 commandments, it was a shadow. Now the commandments, are good. It was, it's good, it's holy, it's just. That's what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, verses 12 to 14. It's good, it's holy and just, but it never made anyone perfect. The law, the law, the commandments were never given for us to fulfill. It's impossible for you to fulfill even the first run. Thou shall have no other God before me, let alone all the other 612 commandments. It's impossible. The law was only given so that man can see how sinful he is, we are, and how holy God is. 
But there's only one who fulfilled the law. It was Jesus Christ. But again, all this is a shadow. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 to 17. Paul writes this to the church of Colossae. For let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival, a new moon or Sabbath. Verse 17, which are shadows, a shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. All those things points to Jesus. It was only a shadow. The substance is Christ. Verse 1, he says, but the law having a shadow of the good things to come, and not every image of the things can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, Make those who approach perfect. In other words, the old system under the law of Moses, on the day of atonement, it was always unable to make anyone perfect before God. Unable to do it. It only covered the sin and never took away sin. So it can make no one perfect. But you and I are perfect, and we're going to get to that. Verses 2 to 3, he says, For then... Would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sin. Consciousness of sin. In addition to the old system, unable to remove sin, only covered it. It was unable to make anyone perfect. In addition to that, there was a reminder of sin. Look at verse 3. He says, but... But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every year. So every year, when they went and traveled all the way to Jerusalem to go to the temple on Passover, the Day of Atonement, to sacrifice a lamb every year, they're reminded of the sin and never took away sin, but it was always in their mind. Said, boy, year after year after year in the Day of Atonement, they would make the journey carrying their lamb, sometimes 15, 20 miles with their lamb, and they go there, they offer their lambs a sacrifice for their family, only to be reminded that they have to return next year. Hi, Menachem, how you doing? Oh, it's great. I brought my I brought my brought my lamb for my family. I'll see you next year. I'll see you next year. Every year they gotta sacrifice a lamb. Once they finish sacrificing lamb, they gotta come back. I'm making a reservation for next year in Jerusalem. Every year after year, they're constantly reminded. Why? Because they have to do it again. It was never removed once and for all. Verse 4, it says, why? For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. All the sad, it was impossible. It was not possible for for them. It was insufficient. It didn't do the job. It was only temporary. It was only a picture of what was to come, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who would take away the sin once and for all. And the conscience would be, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Now in verses 5 to 10, the writer is going to just show the prophecies concerning that it was the plan of God from the very beginning, from the foundation, that he would fill this will to do the will of the Father in dying on the cross for you and I. So look at verse 5. It says, therefore, therefore, okay, you students, I'm going to say it again. I know it's kind of, whenever you get to the word therefore in the Bible, you need to ask yourself, what is it there for? Well, because of the previous. Therefore, because it was inadequate, the old system was under the law of Moses and the sacrifice. Therefore, because it didn't do anything, 
when he, speaking of Jesus, came into the world, Jesus came into the world, right? John chapter 1, the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God in verse 14 of John chapter 1, and the Word became flesh. He left the throne. When he, Jesus, came into the world, now you're going to see the next verse. It's in italics in your Bible. That's because it's letting you know that it's quoting from another passage. And he's quoting Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8. Psalm 40, verse 6 through 8. He says in verse 5, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. God did not desire that. But a body, a body, a human body, not an animal, a human body you have prepared for me. In other words, the son, Jesus Christ is saying to God, the father, you did not want animal sacrifices. You have given me a body to offer. That's why he came in the flesh. His body had to die for the sins of the world. It's all about the body, saints. It's all about the body of Jesus Christ. And that's important for us to understand because you come across many different doctrines that are other religions and cults that are preaching another Jesus. Saying that Jesus physically didn't come and die on the cross. The Gnostics, Gnostics was in, in the early church. Read first John's first epistle, first John, not the gospel of John, but first John. In first John, John had to write, he had to write to the early church and say, we, we beheld him, we heard him, we handled him. He was alive because the Gnostics, they were saying that Jesus wasn't a real person. He was a phantom. He was a spirit. And they even went as far as to say that when Jesus walked, he left no footprints in the sand. There are a lot of cults out there say that Jesus wasn't a physical person. He was 100% God, 100% man. Drop down to verse 10. Look at verse 10. It says, by that will, the will of God, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It's the body of Jesus Christ. When we partake of communion, it's for us to remember Jesus We take the elements to remember Jesus. There's some denominations that actually make it more than what it is. They'll say that this here, Jesus is transforming into the wafer. You know, and no, it's a reminder. That's what is there for you to remember. Jesus, take this as a remembrance of me. This is my body. It's for us to remember that Jesus physically was nailed to the cross. He wants you to remember that. And what did Jesus say? Part of Luke chapter 22, verse 19. Jesus said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It is the body of Jesus. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Peter writes this. Who, speaking of Jesus, himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Speaking of the cross, another word that they use for wood. And he's quoting, he continues now to quote a messianic psalm. Look at verse 6. He says, in burnt offerings and sacrifice for sins, you had no pleasure. You had no pleasure in it. Now, God gave the children of Israel instructions to do this, but he's not saying that the system was wrong. It's just that it wasn't God's ultimate plan. It wasn't his desire, you see. It was a picture and when they read this in the Old Testament, that should ring a bell. If you didn't, if God, you don't desire these sacrifices, why are we doing them? Because it's pointing to my son, Jesus. You see, 
you know, the animals cannot do anything. The unwilling victims of animals, you know, they were powerless and they couldn't cleanse anyone. It had to be the blood of a man, it had to be a body, and it had to be Jesus Christ. And so in verse 7, he continues on to say, Then I, speaking of Jesus, said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. In the volume of books, what he's talking about is the 39 books in the Old Testament. It spoke of Jesus. We find Jesus in every page, in every chapter. It all points to Jesus. It all points to Jesus. From the beginning of Genesis, it all points to Jesus. The first Messianic prophecy in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It follows Jesus. People say, where did Cain get his wife? Who knows? But the, the Bible is following a genealogy. It's not following everybody. And you can trace the genealogy of Jesus Christ in the New Testament to Adam. And that's the purpose of it. It all speaks of Jesus. It points to Jesus. It spoke of Jesus. It gave over 300 messianic prophecy how he would come, be born in a virgin, born in Bethlehem, be sold for 30 pieces of silver. Psalms 22, he said, they pierced my hands and feet. David the psalmist wrote that hundreds of years before the Romans perfected the art of crucifixion. When David wrote it, was his hands and feet ever pierced? No, it's a prophecy pointed to Jesus. And so it speaks of Jesus, Yeshua, Mashiach, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to do the will of the Father. And that was his, when he came, he said, I did not come in my own authority. I came in the authority of the Father. I came to testify of the Father. Now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He sent his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now testifies of Jesus, you see. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was here, he testified the Father. Now he's with the Father. He sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. So if you go to those churches, it's, oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Be careful. Because Jesus said the Holy Spirit would not testify of himself. And he got into all these unbiblical practices, barking like a dog. Believe it or not, this happened. I was part of a church where there was a holy laughter. Everybody started laughing. I said, it looked like a circus. Unbiblical practices. But Jesus came to do the will of the Father. He testified of the Father. Jesus said, and remember when Jesus met the Samaritan woman that were going to Samaria, and Jesus said to the disciples, listen, uh, you know, go get something to eat. And obviously the Lord had a plan to speak and minister to this woman, the Samaritan woman. The disciples, they went, they went and they got their Mickey D's, right? Jesus is hungry. They come back, you know, bag is all soggy. And they see Jesus still ministering. They say, Jesus, it's getting cold. That's my interpretation. That's not Bible. Okay. I have to say that because some people, <laughs> I get a, anyway. So they, they were eating. Jesus, did somebody feed Jesus? I'm You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie's been digging into the book of Hebrews in a series called Jesus is Better. This book touches on so many amazing things, but really ties in the Old Testament covenant with the New. The author mentions the importance of the high priest and the sacrifices that were made. But the point is that Jesus became the high priest and also the sacrificial lamb for all people. Isn't it amazing how Jesus fulfilled all that was in the Old Testament? It's because Jesus became the high priest that now we can go to him for our strength, our courage, and our hope. Another way to come to God is in prayer. 
Jessica wants to tell you more about this. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program. And we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. While you're there, you can find all sorts of information about Calvary Chapel of Milford. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit on a Sunday morning. You'll find service times and directions on our website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks for listening to Running the Race.